Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking baseball with you here on the show. Probably not a whole lot of Colorado Rockies-specific stuff. I'm sure I'll make some comparisons to our, our local club as I go through and talk about the issues of the day, because that is what this is going to be about, is the issues surrounding Major League Baseball. This might seem like a weird time to have the conversation, but really, once the offseason hits, I want to start diving into you know hyper-focus on potential free agents, potential trades, and, you know, all of the off-season stuff, transactions, those kinds of things. Uh, And if any news comes about, right, I want to be ready for all of that. While there's still baseball being played, and ironically enough, a pretty great World Series going on right now, if you're just looking at the quality of the baseball, right, and the back and forth, and and the games being most of them close, and and all of that. But I, I wanted to talk on this feeling that I've had that I've seen written out there in a few different places and other publications, whether it's talking about TV numbers being down or whatever. This has actually been a conversation for as long as I've been covering baseball, which is 10 years now. We have seen this sort of general decline in national interest toward the game or the hype or the fervor, right? And, And it actually even goes back earlier than that and some of it has to do with the rise of the popularity in other sports like football especially right really taking over as the the primary sport of the nation and certainly in terms of the hype and the the commercialism and uh, you know the tv ratings and all of those kinds of things and I wanted to talk about why. I do want to begin with a quick caveat here because this conversation by its very nature is going to be a little bit negative. I'm going to be talking about like basically in short, what's wrong with baseball, right? Why do I feel like there is a a disconnect for a lot of people who even really love the game, but are having a hard time watching modern major league baseball. And so before I get into all of that, it is important at least for me to say that, of course, I love the game and I love Major League Baseball, the 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 product, you know, not necessarily the organization all the time. And if you've ever listened to me before, you know that I don't have a lot of love for the current commissioner and the way he's gone about doing things. And, and we're going to get into some of that. But I don't think that, you know, having this honest conversation about how we can make the game better means that you're saying baseball is broken or it needs to be fixed or you know the people who like it now just the way it is are wrong right that that's not what I'm doing with this conversation that is not the intention that I have the intention that I have is to ask why does there seem to be this disconnect uh, again even as I threw this tweet out 
earlier today as I'm recording this and had several people respond to me. And, and I want to read through some of their responses that I think get at the heart of, you know, what's going on. I will say a number of people rightfully came in and corrected me because I said that outside of the Aaron Judge stuff, right? So here's my working premise that outside of Aaron Judge and the home run race, right, which even that got weird and negative and combative and, in my mind, very, very cynical, um, this was just kind of a boring Major League Baseball season. And I finished the tweet by saying baseball needs to get its groove back, right? That's really my working premise. How can baseball get back to a place where it's cool, it's trendy. Everybody in, in a town that's got a ball club is talking about their team semi-regularly. Uh, you know, how do we combat some of the cynicism in the way the game is organized and played and broadcast? All of these things, right? There are so many different weird random little barriers that I feel like are unfortunately preventing a lot of people who otherwise would be hardcore baseball fans from even getting into it in the first place, right? Now, I will point out a lot of people corrected me on one thing that I didn't mention the Albert Pujols stuff. All that stuff was was really fantastic and, and you gotta love a farewell tour from a for sure, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer, right? But you can't count on that every year. So I guess that's one of the reasons why I didn't mention it. The reason I thought of the Aaron Judge stuff, right, is that's something that just comes out of the course of a season. And, and you're right that when we talk about, you know, in the history books, right, the story of the year 2022, what will be the big headlines that will stick out? And obviously, Albert Pujols is going to be in the top three, right? But as far as a from the kinds of things that make baseball fun to watch on a semi-regular basis, you know, the the possibility that a guy might hit a whole bunch of home runs is at least more on the table than, you know, you, you can go, well, when was the last time we had this kind of farewell tour? Jeter or Rivera? You know, it's like these, these type of cats, there's a reason why they're so special, right? They don't, uh, there's a reason it was such a big deal. They don't come around all the time. And so if we're talking about like how can baseball get its groove back, so I agree everyone who corrected me, 100% right. I'm going to take that L. I, I should have at least mentioned that Albert Pujols was a fun part of the season. But you can see like where my mind blanked it out, right? Because I was thinking a little bit more in terms of like, if you're going to be excited about watching next year. Now there, again, there's some like, is Pujols going to come back and all of that. But to, to just get a, a few more, you know, home run milestones, but I want to get into some of these other topics, right? Uh, so one person uh, wrote back to me, uh, the person with the handle, A Penguin's Life, and I appreciate our, our back and forths on Twitter as well, wrote, the game has gotten very over-engineered and has lost a lot of personality. I want to talk about this claim because I think there's a ton of truth to this, and, and it can be difficult to, to quantify 100% evidence this without going out and talking to a few thousand baseball fans and asking. And of course, you're going to get a myriad of answers to this. For some people, the engineering and quantifying of baseball and the analytics and the shifting and the the three true outcomes and the, the numbers and who's got the highest war and WRC plus and that stuff makes the game a lot more fun, right? There, there are some people for whom that is the window through which they see the game. And 
I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with that. There's obviously a lot of people inside the game. Uh, that that is the majority of people who are working in front offices or, you know, most of these coaching staffs or whatever, who are also looking at it through that window. And so I think it is important for us as journalists and as fans to be familiar with concepts like wins above replacement, WRC+, but both with them and with some of their shortcomings. And I, I think one of the frustrating things about the way a lot of these conversations have happened in baseball, and I don't know why, And again, maybe this is something I could do deeper research on, but there's been so much contention over the modern age of baseball, right? Over Moneyball, even the way it's like presented in the movie for dramatic effect, right? Is a little overdone, but the general premise is correct, right? The, a lot of the like radio play or like audio they would play of like Joe Morgan or some of these guys talking about how ridiculous all these analytics are and how numbers don't win baseball games. And and so it's kind of always been a fight. And I think over the last 10 or 15 years or so, people have just dug in so much that now you really don't have either side, if you will. And there's more than two sides. But I think when I say that, most people listening to this know what I mean. They're just not really talking to each other any longer. You've got different groups of people trying to enjoy baseball in completely different ways. And that's why whenever something is brought up like the electronic strike zone or banning the shift or, you know, whether or not the three true outcomes is a good thing or a bad thing for the game. Is it more exciting to have stolen bases, even though the metrics tell you that even attempting to steal a base is a bad idea, you know, and, and they, they become fights instead of discussions about how to make the game better. And it's about who belongs to to what tribe or whatever. And I think that that's turned off a lot of people. I do think there are some people who, of, of course, are going to be too entrenched on one side or, or the other. But I tend to agree with the commenter here about the over-engineering of the game and, and that taking a lot of personality out of it, right? I, I've said before that one of the main reasons I've come around on banning the shift was for precisely that reason that I felt like, you know, I was at the All-Star game and the first couple of balls off the bat are over 100 miles an hour, but they were caught not because a great fielder made a great play, not because of bad luck, but because before the game, Somebody who we didn't come to the All-Star game to see saw on a chart, hey, it's likely to be hit that direction and just put a fielder there, right? We don't come to the ballpark to go, wow, excellent engineering. I don't know if that clap, that golf clap is coming through. Really, really fantastic engineering, as as the commenter here has said, right? And so I do think that a lot of that stuff, um, bullpenning is something that I think plays into that as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough. And that's another one of those things that I don't know that there's an easy answer to, but it is just the natural result of so much analytical and metric thinking in the game and it becoming, you know, not just a, a thing for these front offices to do, but also now how the media and the fans will judge you. And so, a lot of those things are just making the game less fun to watch. Now, it's debatable. Some people say, I, I don't even care about the whole starting pitcher going 
seven innings or or having the the battle the duels of the starting pitchers if one team wants to throw out their ace and try to make him go seven and the other team wants to throw a different pitcher every single inning i find that just as equally as entertaining but what we do have to admit what, what i wish the people because there are sometimes i find myself coming down on the side of let's revolutionize the game, use all the metrics, do all that stuff, modernize the game, yada, yada, yada. You've also got to recognize that there's a whole bunch of people who grew up fans of baseball being played a certain way for a hundred years. And to act like it's of absolutely no mind or of no consequence that suddenly you know, batting average and stolen bases and things like this just do not matter to the game anymore and say, well, whatever, those things are never fun to begin with, especially when they kind of now are starting to come from a younger and younger audience who never really experienced baseball that way. And so there's a generational fight on top of it, right? We've got people who remember a game that was very different from what we have now. And then there's a lot of folks out there who don't I don't care about any of that stuff and are just minded toward, you know, basically min-maxing baseball like it's an RPG, at which is awesome. Like I love that. I play video games and it's it's that same thing, right? It's like you're you're you just want to try to create as many wins as possible. It's like Billy Bean says in the movie, right? Or or no, I, actually it's the Jonah Hill character, right? It says your your job isn't to buy wins, right? It's to buy runs. And so like that's how we think of the game now. And I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I just think it's turning off a lot of people. Uh, and I think that there's got to be a better equal balance to that. I think just because you say, well, you know, it's it's a smart tactic to shift or to do the bullpenning or to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And I've made this uh, parallel before and we'll do so again here. It's like, in basketball after a while, once it became common for these seven footers to start dominating the game and you would just stick them down there underneath the basket, all of it, like it was smart strategy. It was good defense. There was no good reason not to do that, but it stifled the game because people wanted to see Dr. J and whoever else going in there and dunking. And they didn't want to see the most fun part of the game taken away because you could just plop a big seven footer down there for the the same reason because that's not fun right so they came up with the three second rule to move that guy's big ass on out of there which creates the lanes which really ratcheted up the fun in basketball right because now it creates these kinds of windows of opportunity where you know, the, the the defender has to get there just in time. And like some of the best highlights in basketball are when they meet up and a guy either gets the big block or gets put on a poster, right? And a lot of the best highlights in baseball used to be these infield dives and plays and things like that, or the, you know, the pitcher with the big strikeout on pitch 112 or whatever it is. So you can implement rules and, and baseball has started to go about doing this to make the game more fun. That's another thing that I think, you know, so a minute ago, I was preaching to the the modernizers to like understand what the traditionalists are are worried about, right? And the and the game they're kind of yearning for. And now I get to preach at the traditionalists a little bit and say, you know, you've got to embrace changes to the rules that are going to kind of force the game 
to be a little bit different and also make some concessions because like like the um time of game right the, the this pace of play issue this is something that as a traditionalist you might say hey look take the time you know baseball is a, a thinking man's game right and and all of that stuff that we say and there's again i agree with a lot of this like there's no clock in the game, and that's one of the things that separates it from most other sports, and I really appreciate that. You know, I really hate the idea of there being a big at-bat in a big postseason game, and it's a 3-2 pitch with the bases loaded, and the pitcher took one second too long to deliver it, so ball four instead of a big action pitch, action play thing, the decisive run comes in on a ball four that wasn't even thrown right? That was awarded. So like that, I worry about at the same time, go back and look at the times of games in the seventies and eighties and early nineties and stuff. They, they weren't nearly as long as they are today. And some of that was just because that was the style of play. Like I said, these guys have figured out, yes, if I can outweight the other guy, I might be able to gain an advantage, but that's why we do need to rewrite some of the rules. And again, why I've come around on the pitch clock. Just don't put a big, ugly clock in the stadium, please. I don't need to see it. You don't need to see it. We don't need to see it. The umpire can see it and call the balls and strikes. And like I said, maybe be a little looser with it in the postseason. But pace of play is a real thing. And it is something that, we're going to have to force by changing rules. They're not just going to do it on their own, right? They're, these guys have decided there's too much of a competitive advantage to trying to kind of ice the other play, whether it's the, and there really is, whether you're the the batter or the pitcher, depending on the momentum or what you're doing, uh, similar to icing the kicker in the NFL, right? There's there there's a, a kind of stare down contest. Who's going to blink first a lot like a samurai showdown, Uh, between the batter and the pitcher but if they're both under the same parameters of get in the box get on the mound let's go then it's it's fair across the board right so we need we do need to do that and so this is one of those places where you know i hope that the rules that major league baseball is putting in place are addressing these things I, i i think the fact that they're doing these things is recognition to the reality that a lot of people do feel disconnected with the game right now. I think the fact that they expanded the postseason was in recognition to the fact that a lot of people felt disconnected with the game right now. And to some degree, I think that helped. I think, you know, as much as I said, hey, what a boring season. If you're a Toronto Blue Jays or a Seattle Mariners fan, you probably didn't think that it was a, especially a Mariners fan, right? First time in over, well over a decade, almost two decades. Or was it even, yeah, anyway, (laughs) I'm not doing the math right now. But right, Mariners fans have have got to be over the moon with the season that they just had and, and their future looks very bright, right? But there still needs to be a lot of work toward parity in the game, toward, because you still look at the postseason and it's the teams who largely spent the most money and have the most institutionalized power. And while, once again, we don't have Yankees-Dodgers in the World Series, like those teams still got very far, right? And it's not like Philadelphia and Houston are plucky underdogs who haven't been there, right? They're far cry. Uh, they are a far cry from, say, if the Mariners had gotten there, right? 
or there's a bunch of teams in the National League who haven't been in a long time. Your Colorado Rockies, obviously, the Milwaukee Brewers, Cincinnati Reds. You know, it's like the Phillies. Yeah, they don't have a, a huge, but they won in recent memory, right? Like it wasn't that long ago. And they spent a ton of money on this team. They're all guys from like other places. So it's like, I I think they're kind of fun to watch. I think I said at the beginning of this postseason that the Phillies are like the most mad team I've ever felt about. And, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I, like almost every single guy on their team, I think of from some other team, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing with being clever in free agency and putting together a team that can go out and win it. And I'm sure the fans in Philadelphia, you know, think these are our guys. They're not going, ah, it doesn't count if we end up winning this thing because, you know, there are a bunch of mercenaries or whatever. Some people, you know, different fans feel different ways about all of that. But for me, as an outsider, it does make it a little bit harder to be in any way kind of attached to that team and be like, oh man, really happy for, you know, so-and-so. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's good. It's a good ball club though. You know, you got to give them credit for, for all of that. But even like I was saying earlier with quality of this world series and maybe some individual plays and players, it's hard to just get excited over either one of these teams winning the world series and that was kind of the way it was once Toronto and Seattle were out of it. It was a lot of, here we go, same old customers, right? And it, it can get frustrating. And to some degree, you can't force like those other teams to be bad. And you can't also force these other teams to be good. And mismanagement is part of the reason why several teams uh, you know, get stuck in decades-long failures including arguably your Colorado Rockies but there are a lot of things that Major League Baseball can do to add more parity to the game make it easier for these small and mid markets and it's not just about small and mid markets but you know teams in tougher divisions whatever it is that that you are less likely to fall into the trap of being non-competitive for 10 or 15 years if you make a couple of mistakes as a a team that has less money or or less of an institution, less of a pull on, you know, a pretty wide open free agent market. So, uh, you know, the, the those are kind of some of the things that I, I've noticed throughout the year. Uh, I, I do think, like I said, some of the lack of shifting or less shifting. I was kind of stuck by my sentence structure there because there's still going to be some shifting around, right? Uh, but I, I think actually the best news for me really out of this season for this topic and conversation was that this competitive committee that they've put together uh, is going to be doing things. You know, you wonder when they say stuff like this, well, we're going to put together a committee. Like, man, anybody can put together a committee. You know, we're going to do a poll. Like, we're going to ask you what you think. Well, are you going to do anything about that, right? But they put together this committee to look at the competitive balance of the game and and the competitive, if you will, entertainment of the game. And this is the last point that I wanted to make on the subject because there is a fine line here. Some people believe, and they're entitled to this belief, but I very much disagree. Some people believe that sports are just entertainment, right? They're no different from any other thing that you watch on your television show or, or screen. Or I guess if you go to... You go to it live, then maybe it's like going to a play or something like that, right? I Now, I, I fundamentally disagree. I think there is an important difference in that sports are a meritocracy. 
Sometimes they fail to live up to that, as we all know. But it is important that sports are rules-based and fair and, again, a meritocracy because that is something that has always defined them and separated them. And it is something that allows for people of all backgrounds, regardless of biases that society may have against them in any culture throughout the world, you can rise up if you can do the physical human achievement well, then you should be acknowledged in sports and athleticism. That's one of the things that's so great about it is it's such a powerful tool for looking past any other preconceived notion about who a person might be and allowing their athletic ability to do the talking, which is why Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in baseball like 20 years before Martin Luther King started giving speeches. Because it was a meritocracy, eventually. But much to that point, sometimes you've got to change the rules and update it to make sure you're living up to that promise of the full meritocracy, right? And that it's not just the richest teams who can buy the most players in free agency. While they're not the only ones who can compete, they have a remarkable advantage, right? That they don't, that they can mismanage their teams and just spend money to get out of it where other teams can't because there isn't anywhere near the kind of even playing field that there is, say, in the NFL, So, for me, it's very important to draw the distinction and say sports aren't just entertainment. And you don't just change them around just for the sake of entertainment, right? I've heard a lot of people say, well, we don't need the electronic strike zone because it's actually more entertaining when the umpire gets the call wrong. Like, I just could not disagree more with that logic, right, based on everything I just said. A few other things where people say, hey, it makes the game more entertaining. I'm like, yeah, but it turns it into a circus. We're not here, like, we're again, we're here to see people compete in a legitimate competition. If you want to watch the circus, go to the circus. I got nothing wrong with the circus. Circus is fun. I've mentioned professional wrestling before. We have that stuff covered. If you want to watch athletic stuff that is preordained and isn't a fair competition, it's just a show, we have that. But professional sports are a, a legitimate competition. And so you, you do have to draw that distinction. All of that was a big buildup to say. <laughs> it does still have to be entertaining to people. You do, while thinking about the purity of the game and the statistics and its history and the Hall of Fame and all of the things that we think about, you still have to come back and say, is there a way we can respect all of that And do some basic things to make the game more fun for just the average person. A person who's not a baseball fan, who didn't grow up a baseball fan. If they flip on a game and there's all this dead time and the announcers are complaining about the kids today and every hard hit ball goes right into the shift and gets caught. And you've got to explain to your friend who's never watched baseball before, like, yeah, no, the batter did a good job, but 
you know, the coach before the game knew he was going to hit it there. So like, well, that sucks, <laughs> right? Like, I, I think that's a good test for a lot of things, right? Think about your friend who's never watched or, you know, if it's watched a show or that they, they're not in on the culture, if it's a sports thing, whatever it is. And like, think about just kind of trying to explain some of the things that are holding baseball back and why they exist and what what your casual fan friend would say right which is well just make that guy stand over there and make that guy stand over there right right you know why not have some kind of system where uh, you know the poorest teams share in the wealth that the richest teams make it's like right 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 you're oftentimes the outsider comes to the obvious conclusion before the person who's inundated in the entire culture and knows all of the different potential like pitfalls and reasons why not. And it's good to know all those things too, but that's always an interesting test. Right. And so I found uh, talking to baseball fans about what's wrong with the game today. It again, a lot of times devolves into a fight about analytics, metrics, this, that, or the other, but ask people who sort of, maybe grew up watching the game but fell out or who likes sports but have never really gotten into baseball. And it's a lot more basic about there's not enough action. It's too slow. The games take too long. They've got Netflix shows to watch and YouTube videos to get on. And so, yeah, they got to make the game shorter and more entertaining and they've got to do it while making sure they do respect the history and traditions of it. There's a fine line and a path to walk there. I think they can do it. I think the committee they've established is a step in the right direction. But also, you know, I've had faith or hope in MLB and been let down before. So (laughs) we'll see what happens. Not especially thrilled with current leadership, but uh, let me know what you think about all of this. And if there's anything else that I missed, if there's any other topic on this particular subject about how the game can be made more entertaining while not you know, like I said, disrespecting its traditions and history and its legitimate competitions, uh, competition. But yeah, let me know on Twitter or you can always slide into the DMs, ask me about the Discord and all of that. Otherwise, make sure you're hitting up all the written content over at milehighsports.com and checking out all the other podcasts here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And also that you're continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ball. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.